Hi, this is Don Wells. Guess what we're listening to? TV Confidential. Ed Robertson welcoming you to TV Confidential. Radio talk show about television. They'll play part three of our conversation with film and television voice artist Michael Bell in our second hour. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. Joining us later on this hour will be Stephen G. Taibbi. Stephen owned his own production company for more than 25 years, working as a director, producer, and director of photography for both corporate and commercial film and video. He's also written television scripts and copy for radio and TV commercials. The really amazing thing about Stephen Taibbi is that he is a survivor in every sense of the word, having undergone and lived through multiple heart operations since the day he was born, including two open heart surgeries and two heart transplants. To say that Stephen beat the odds is an understatement. We'll tell you more about his story when he joins us later on in this hour. We hope you stay tuned for that. In the meantime, Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us as they bring us this week in TV history. Tony's segment, as always, brought to us by our friends at Story Salon, Southern California's longest-running, regularly performing live storytelling ensemble, storysalon.com, facebook.com forward slash Story Salon. What do you have for us this week? All right, so let's start January 2nd, 1990. Skipper! Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that, was, uh, that was when we lost the skipper, and it is... I think poetic that we refer to as the skipper. Well, I think up to the day he died, he, he, he was. He was. He embraced himself. Yeah, that that being Alan Hale Jr. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think there are very few that you know affectionately by the character name. I would say you know if somebody was referring to Charlton Heston as Moses. There was a certain sense of irony or, or something like that. Or yeah. dead cold hands. Yeah, dead cold <laughs> hands or something like that. But I would say, uh, you know, people called Al Lewis grandpa until the end. Uh, I think uh, Will Gear also had kind of the grandpa thing. But I think there were certain people that they just knew as that character. They embraced that character. That's how, you know, and, and they were cool with that. You know, they yeah, were. And for a generation, we grew up with the skipper. And uh, it, it, was a, it was a good man. Yeah, he was, you know, everyone described him. I'd never heard an ill thing said about the guy. He was just a lovable teddy bear kind of guy, which is exactly what they needed for the show. And he embraced the skipper. I mean, even after Gilligan was long gone, Gilligan's Island was long gone. I'm going to, sh- I'm going to share a passage from Don Wells' new book, What Would Marianne Do?, which is available through our friends at Bear Manor Media. And as we mentioned a few weeks ago, Don... Among other things, Dawn pays tribute to each of the cast members, and this is what she, this is her tribute to Alan Hale. Every time Alan Hale hugged me, my feet left the ground. He was a big man in every way. The man was never, ever cranky. I understand that when he heard of the Gilligan's Island part, Alan was making a Western in Utah. He rode his horse to the highway and hitched into Los Angeles for the audition. What you saw on film was what you saw in person. He could fill a room with his smile. A great guy, everybody's friend, so full of laughter and gentleness for his size. I never saw him angry or disgruntled. I think he was permanently gruntled, if there is such a word. (laughs) No trace of a star's ego. That makes me really happy. Yeah, it's nice to hear that confirmed because... 
like I said, you never heard anything ill of the guy. He used to have a restaurant on La Cienega Boulevard when I was a kid that he would frequently be there to greet everyone. Skipper, it was, Skipper, it was well, uh, Skipper Allen Hale. Hale's uh, Lobster Barrel. Okay. And uh, on the sign outside, and I'm sure you could find it on, on YouTube somewhere, uh, is a picture of him, pretty much the Skipper, basically a, a sketch of him with the famous hat. And, you know, it's inside of a you know captain's wheel, like the opening of Gilligan's Island and... Then the rest is a series of barrels as part of the decor because they these were lobsters fresh flown in from Maine daily, and he had an office not too far, and his office uh, was a, a building not far from my elementary school. He had a car, and in the back of the car you saw all sorts of literature for the lobster barrel. You saw a couple of spare skipper hats in the back seat. I mean, so you, you kind of knew who it was, and he made no secret. Yeah, he was a skipper, but he. You go to dinner, and you might meet the skipper there greeting you, you know, uh, alongside the maitre d' and going from table to table. And, uh, you know, for a kid, that was a really cool experience. When I moved to Los Angeles, I flew in on a Friday. Saturday, a friend of mine was driving me around the city, and we drove down La Cienega, and I saw the restaurant, you know, Skipper Alan Hales. I got so excited. Gilligan's Island had always been one of my favorite TV shows, didn't know this was this existed, and my friend said, "Yeah, I hear he's there a lot." <laughs> and mm-hmm. I got I got starstruck. I mean, I've been in Los Angeles less than twelve hours yeah. at this point. I got so excited, and I'm kicking myself for never getting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was. And then the thing was, he was working. It wasn't like. You know, the poor guy is stuck. No. You know, shaking hands no. at a, at, a, no. at a lobster plate. He was constantly working, yeah. and whether you know, being the, whether he was playing himself as the skipper or playing the skipper in the reunion movies or like movies like Back to the Beach, or they wanted the skipper type. He he did it, yeah. and he uh, and embraced he, it, and embraced it. Uh, but or he, as you would say, he owned it. He owned it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, he would do a love boat where he was, you know, high up in the Princess Cruise organization, yeah. or uh, yeah. So I think the the nautical element of him always stayed there. But he got to you know play a few other parts, uh, you know, the cowboys and stuff. But uh, yeah, like I said, he he owned it. And well, it's what I'm what I'm thinking is particularly in the last decade or so of his life. You know how Larry Hagman always wore the Stetson whenever mm-hmm. he did appearances or television yes. or whatnot? Much the same with Alan Hale. I mean, because he knew that was that was his role and that was I mean, people wanted to see that and he gave mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he would he would he would do appearances always wearing the cap. Yes. Hat. Yeah, George Lindsay, same thing with the hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the goober cap. Uh, yeah, so uh, he he uh, he was cremated, buried at sea. Uh, Don Wells, I know, had talked about representing the cast mm-hmm. at that time, and uh, it became a big media circus. So yeah. I mean, uh, you you hear about these events, and you think they're going to be a quiet, uh, private ceremony, but uh, he warranted uh, the big helicopters sure. and 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 everything. Well, uh, unfortunately, s- disrupting the 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 ceremony, but you know, it's you know that does say something that this guy meant. Well, a, bi- yeah. a, a big man with a big heart deserves a big send-off. Yeah, and, 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 and he certainly got it. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it's it's funny. You bring up somebody like him, and people smile, and they know him. And uh, 
I would say like somebody like John Banner from Hogan's Heroes, mm-hmm. also same thing, big teddy bear of a guy, tragic early life, but still, it's like nobody ever said anything bad about it. It's, yeah. it's like going to work with Santa Claus. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we've said this before. When enough people say it and pretty much confirm it, then it has to be true. Yeah. John Candy, same thing. Yeah. Never ill word, just, you know, nothing but... But you mentioned the person's name, and obviously you can't see it. It might come out in our voice, but people just smile yeah. when you mention that person's name. So I think that is that is a true legacy for the man. Tony Figueroa and Donna Allen are with us as we remember the life and career of Alan Hale. Alan Hale, the actor known around the world as the skipper, on Gilligan's Island. Alan Hale passed away January 2nd, 1990, this week in TV history. We'll talk some more Tony and Don in just a second. In the meantime, before we leave the subject of Gilligan's Island, a reminder that the Hollywood Museum lobby exhibit honoring Gilligan's Island features the original short shorts that Don Wells wore when she played Marianne on Gilligan's Island, as well as her original gingham dress. It also features Bob Denver's original costume from Gilligan's Island, plus a host of Gilligan's memorabilia commemorating the original series and the various reincarnations. The TheHollywoodMuseum.com uh, Let's move on to January 6, 1975. ABC debuted AM America. AM America as opposed to Good Morning America. America. Although, uh, just doing a little fact-checking before we started recording. This was the precursor to the show we now know as GMA. Yeah. Although it originated, it was an offshoot of a local show that originated in Los Angeles, I believe. AM Los Angeles, which when I was very small was Ralph Story and Stephanie Edwards. Uh, Ralph Story stayed with uh, Los Angeles Broadcasting until we lost him a few years ago. You had brought it up, and it's one of the first things I think of. He did a, a... a show on KCET, which is the Local PBS, PBS yeah, affiliate down here, called Things That Aren't There Anymore, and it still plays. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I still have my VHS <laughs> tapes of this show because there were two uh, things that aren't there anymore, and more things that aren't there yeah. anymore. And uh, mm-hmm. they were they were playing it during the pledge drive, and Stephanie Edwards, who you know goes back, was there uh, talking about Ralph and Ralph's widow, uh, but it was. All of these old things in L.A. that some people probably don't realize are long gone, uh, you know, different uh, Palisades Park. And, uh, and and they talked about Angel's Flight, which is, you know, a kind of an elevator slash trolley that would take people up a hill. You probably had something Incline. comparable. Mm-hmm. Incline, yeah. Incline. Thank you. And uh, amusement parks like Bush Gardens and Lion Country Safari and things like that that are uh, long gone, which... You know, are very, uh, very nostalgic, and it was a wonderful show. But you know, when they did AM uh, Los Angeles, a lot of local stories, news, fluff. You know, like you would see today. Keep mm-hmm. in mind, uh, the budgets were uh, not as big, and the uh, the technological advances were not that far. But they were just those people that you like to have that breakfast television. If you were, you know, not of the Captain Kangaroo demographic on CBS, these were just the morning people that you would yeah. see. And as and as we alluded to it, it was ABC's first attempt to compete directly the, against the Today, Today Show, show the, which was more news oriented. More news yeah. oriented. Um, uh, Stephanie Edwards was one of the original co-anchors of AM America, along with Bill 
do you tell? I understand Stephanie Edwards left the show after about four or five months, which is usually not a good. It goes back to yeah. stuff we talked about before. Sometimes it takes a few months for a show to find its footing, and if if you're changing on-air personnel or if you're changing behind-the-scenes personnel, that's usually not a good sign, you know, for the future. Uh, at least that's an indicator that things mm-hmm. are not working for whatever reason yeah. or not. And, Stephanie um, stayed constantly working for a long, long time yeah. in local. And so, there are some people that do wonderfully in local and don't translate to the national audience. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing is, a lot of people come to L.A. because that is one of the potential stepping stones to a national stage, New York, Chicago also. Uh, You would uh, have people, you know, uh, Regis did AM Los Angeles with Sarah Purcell. And within a couple of years, Regis was doing the same thing in New York, and Sarah was on Real People. And there's no... And there's no rhyme or reason to why someone translates national, um, locally, but not necessarily nationally. Yeah. Um, uh, another local talent, Steve Edwards, who had a short stint on Entertainment Tonight, is mm-hmm. still doing morning television uh, with the Fox affiliate. You know, just never, never struck you know the the national chord. And uh, you know, maybe they are just too California, or somebody's too New York that doesn't translate to the national audience. Or it may have been, mm-hmm. or, or it may have been, it was too similar to today. Yeah, uh, AM American uh, concept-wise, it may have been too similar to today. Whereas with Good Morning America, it's more. I mean, there's a news element to it, but it's a little more eclectic, a little more of a magazine. It's ABC Entertainment yeah. as opposed to ABC or ABC Entertainment as opposed to ABC News. Yeah. Yes, so NBC. I mean, and, and sometimes depending on the time period, NBC uh, would open the Today Show. I mean, it was, you know, from NBC News, it's today, you know. So for a period, they would use that in the cold opening. You always knew that that was a news program first and foremost. To this day. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, GMA and, and ABC, it shifted from one to the other. But remember, you have to go back to this time. There were three networks. CBS had the captain in the morning. And Douglas Edwards from 7 to 8. <laughs> exactly. NBC had the Today Show, and depending on your market, you might have a local. You know, Now we have you know, like a pre-Today Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, some markets, they were experimenting with early today yeah. if you didn't have a local version. But here we always had... Gone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the local news, pre-newsweather... You know, local stuff, and then the local news breaks. So they had a very good system, and GMA was trying to find their you know, their signature. Yeah. Now all three pretty much do the same thing, sure. and you have producers with three monitors looking at what the other two are not doing. Only, not only do all three more or less do the same, but the variations on the cable networks, you know, uh, uh, this, yeah. uh, both, both uh, I guess, Fox and Friends, which is Fox News Channel's mm-hmm. yes. answer to GMA and the Today Show. A coffee table, lots of coffee cups. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, Morning Joe. Yeah. On, 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 uh, MSNBC. MSNBC and uh, the one on CNN, whose name escapes me. But uh, but I would say the difference is a lot of times with the Today Show, they would open and there's a news desk. Yeah. It's a big one that everyone can be behind, and then GMA would open and it's a coffee table. And, and more relaxed atmosphere. More, yeah, so it had different looks there, and they were trying for something different. And it's interesting because in the last, I'm going off memory right now, in the last few years, GMA has actually topped today. Yes. In the morning ratings, which is, I mean, for, and you know, 40 years ago, 
you would think that never, no. never in a million years would that happen. And also, you have to keep in mind that for the last 20 years, we've all had remote controls. They weren't a luxury item, yeah. you know, that you paid a little, you know, it wasn't a premium product, you know, you get with your TV. Uh, I think that has made a, a world of difference that, oh, I'm, I don't want to see cooking a tri-tip. You know, what's the other guy doing? Yeah. Oh, they're baking a cake. Great. Uh, you know, but you don't, you know, uh, I think that has been uh, either one way or the other. Uh, when are they going to get to some news? What's the other one showing? Or this news is too depressing. Let's see if they're a little lighter on the other show. And, you know, the producers are looking at, you know, if Al Roker is doing a barbecue segment, then what are they doing on the other two? Or if it's, or if it's the end of the week, who, who's going to do the live concert? At, uh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, they're all about the live concerts yeah. now, and uh, but I think that... Interesting that both of them have chosen to do live concerts. Yeah. I think, you know, Jay Leno was trying that towards the end of The Tonight Show, and, you know, especially Tonight Show, Jay Leno's show, period, mm-hmm. to take advantage of uh, using the uh, Burbank Complex as an outdoor venue. Sure. Jimmy Kimmel has, as a resident of Hollywood, blocked off streets to do stuff on the boulevard because they were doing stuff behind, uh, you know, in the basically in the back alley, yeah. uh, which looked really cool for some of those rock bands. Uh, it was a cool backdrop. But now they're, like, blocking off the boulevard and having live concerts there. So it's going into the, the late-night realm. Uh, so the live concert has been highly successful. But I can imagine if you could care less about this musical act, mm-hmm. you're going to see what the other one's mm-hmm. doing. And sometimes you don't care about that act either. Yeah, and you so you go to the cables yes. or you come over there, but people are shifting over. Yeah, and we should, we, we should probably add a disclaimer. It's GMA... At least as we record, I believe is still the, the the most watched network show. But this is this is a network show in a universe when you have all these other options. Yes. So the numbers are a little the numbers are skewed. And I am sure the way that we do the numbers uh, will will change because we are on the West Coast. Yes. Potentially, we could see a totally different show than what they saw on the East Coast three hours earlier because of. Breaking news. Breaking news. Right, right. So you might, you, uh, might swap, and, you might swap out a segment uh, yeah. for, uh, mm-hmm. in, 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 in so exchange for an updated Those pre-recorded feed. interviews might stay intact. They might go away. They might be on the website. Yeah. They saw them on the East Coast. Uh, we see them on Facebook on the West Coast. But you know, depending on what's breaking, if something's breaking, we on the West Coast, and they do open. I know the Today Show does. You know, this is a West Coast edition mm-hmm. And they will bring it up there because obviously something happened and they want you to know that you're not watching a three-hour-old show. You're watching something that's current. And I think part of that also is the competition with the cables. Childoftelevision.blogspot.com, childoftelevision.blogspot.com, musclestorysalon.com. Donna's four-part novel series is now complete. Yes, it is. The last book, Fall Again Reunion, was published a few months ago. You'll see where the story finally ends. And to find out how the story begins and end, go to fallagainseries.com. Tony and Donna, we'll see you both next time.
next time. time. Stephen Taibbi will join us when we come back on TV Confidential. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. By wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers right away. If you're testing your blood sugar four or more times per day, injecting insulin three or more times per day, or using an insulin pump, call the Diabetic Health Hotline today. 800-712-8002. That's 800-712-8002. Paid for by U.S. Med. Are you tired of high cable TV rates? Sign up for Dish today and get a $500 bonus offer while supplies last. Plus, lock in your price for two years guaranteed. Call All-American Dish, your Dish-authorized retailer now. 800-296-1251. 800-296-1251. That's 800-296-1251. Offers require credit qualification, 24-month commitment, early termination fee, and e-autopay. Restrictions apply. Call for details. Story Salon is Los Angeles' longest-running storytelling venue. We have live shows every Wednesday in Studio City, as well as solo shows, podcasts, CDs, and several books. Los Angeles Daily News calls Story Salon gemstones of narrative, something new, funny, astonishing. Sunset Magazine says, tales tall, tragic, and tantalizing. All of this makes Story Salon one of the most eclectic entertainment experiences available. You can learn more about us by going to our Facebook page or by visiting our website at www.storysalon.com. Accredited by Guinness World Records, welcome to Archival Television Audio Incorporated. A peerless TV soundtrack archive preserving the audio from television's first three decades, the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. The Golden and Silver Age of Television. For more information, go to atvaudio.com. Ed Robertson, author friend Donna Allen Figueroa, who I understand has a new book out. Yes, it's entitled Fall Again Beginnings. It's the first part of a four-part contemporary romantic series set against the background of working actors. Something that you know a, little, a thing or two well, about. Well, you write what you know, and I have been working in the business for... Several years. It is not necessarily autobiographical, but it's based on... Sure, many of the experiences that the actors in my book have. Many have happened to me. Many have happened to friends of mine. It's not, if you're looking for Valley of the Dolls, it's not. It's grounded in reality. It is grounded in reality, and it's the first in a series. Yes, Called the Fall Again series. Fall Again. Which is available as a paperback as well as an ebook and in Kindle at fallagainseries.com. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash TV Confidential, x.com forward slash TV Confidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 
888-786-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.